Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. I'm Jillian, and today we are going to talk about a few reasons why we tend to depend really heavily on the scale as a measure of progress, and unfortunately, in many cases, as a measure of self-worth. And we're going to talk about how you can start changing that relationship to the scale or even consider giving it up altogether. Before we jump in, I just want to comment. So I've been on a personal journey of learning more about my emotions and the way that my emotions manifest physically and expressing my emotions, et cetera, et cetera, over the last, I'd say, year or so. And holy crap, I have felt such a range of emotions over the last few weeks. And it has really just like done a number on my body. Like my body has been in a state of some sort of high alert for a large portion of the last couple of weeks. And what's interesting is, is if you have been following me on social media, you probably wouldn't know this. I think I may have mentioned it once or twice, but you can't tell these things. And this is the crazy part is that we don't know when people are going through stuff unless they share it. And I think the beautiful thing is, is hopefully you have some people in your life that when things are going on, you can share those things with. I'm very lucky to have some amazing people in my life. But also, I want to encourage you to think about how you can help yourself through these things. And the reason I say that is because I've always been someone that has sort of like pushed my emotions down. I've always been the one that's like, okay, I'm fine. And now starting to express them, it's scary. And starting to feel them, it's a little scary. And I recently started journaling a lot more. I find that extremely helpful. I've moved my body in different ways. I notice, for example, when I have really nervous, anxious energy, I just want to move. I want to move myself. I want to jump up and down. I want to dance. I've also noticed that my hunger is very, very off, which is totally normal. Some people, when they're anxious or stressed, they eat more. Some people don't want to eat at all. I happen to be someone that I have to kind of force myself to eat because I know that my body needs it and I'll feel worse if I don't. So I just wanted to share a little bit of that. Maybe that's oversharing, maybe it's not, but if you're dealing with anything, you know, it's interesting because this comes up with, with clients a lot is sort of understanding, like, how do we use, how do we implement more tools in our toolbox to sort of self self soothe or work through things that aren't necessarily food, but today we're not here to talk about that. I just wanted to share this. I may cut this out. If, if you heard all of that, I didn't cut it out clearly, but I'm going to take a quick drink of water and then we are going to hop back in time to 2016. All right. So let's travel back in time with me to 2016. If I go back to 2016 in my photo albums on my phone, there are tens, maybe hundreds of photos of me standing in a mirror, either in underwear or lifting up my shirt. And all of those photos are in an album in my phone called Progress Photos. And before about 2015, I can honestly say I didn't really think much about the weight on the scale ever. I thought about my body comp- composition. I thought about, you know, oh, if I, you know, if I had gained weight, if I had lost weight, if I could see muscles, if I could not see muscles. And I, I did care about my appearance. I cared if I had gained or lost weight, but I honestly didn't really have an attachment to the number at all. And then I started Olympic weightlifting and I started CrossFit. Well, I got deeper into CrossFit and all of a sudden weight became very very important. In order to compete in my weight, la- weight bleh, excuse me, weight class for Olympic weightlifting, I had to weigh a certain amount on a certain day. 
And so it became a game to see how I could control and manipulate that weight. And it essentially ultimately became a game of how low, how low can you go? And the positive reinforcement from others about that weight loss just fed this habit. And so I went from literally never stepping on the scale to being completely obsessed with it. It became a measure of how confident I would be throughout the day, how good I judged myself as being. It became a dictator of sort of how I ate throughout the day, how attractive I felt. It was nuts. And so if we then sort of time travel back to today, 2022, I genuinely do not know how much I weigh. I know that I've gained weight since my lowest weight, and I maybe have a general idea of what that number might be, but it does not matter to me in the slightest. And the curious thing is I feel pretty great in my body most of the time. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I get the itch to weigh myself when I walk past the scale at my gym. I get that, you know, sometimes it calls to me and it's almost like stepping on the scale and seeing a number that I believe might be quote unquote acceptable would sort of validate how I feel about my body. Like if I get on the scale and the scale hasn't gone up too much from my lowest weight, then it would mean I'm still worthy of feeling good about my body. But I also know that if I weighed myself and I saw a number that for some reason I didn't like, it would make me feel bad about myself and it would change how I treat myself. And so I've made the choice to step away from the scale because it doesn't add to my life in any way. And so I want to talk about why we get so attached to that number, why it's so easy to get attached to that number and why that number has such an impact on our confidence, our worth, judgment of our own progress, and even happiness. And honestly, I'm, I might, there, I know there's some coaches that listen to this podcast and some coaches might not agree with me. And that is totally fine. We are all welcome to our own opinions, but this is my podcast. So you get to listen to my opinions and reasoning and experience and information. So here we go. So some coaches are going to talk about how the scale is just information. We quote unquote should be able to just use it as a data point and nothing else. And in theory, I totally agree with that. And if you are someone that is actively pursuing some type of fat loss or fat or fat gain, sorry, muscle gain, some type of body weight change for some reason, it is, it may be an important metric of progress. If you're someone that competes in a weight class sport, for example, yes, it's important for you. It is. I get that. But if you're someone that doesn't actually have a specific reason to be so attached to the scale, then you might want to consider changing how you use it. As I said, if you're one of those people that you can look at it simply as a metric or you need it for some very specific reason, cool. Awesome. Listen to this podcast to just kind of get an idea of the range of possibility, but you might not need to do some of the actionable things that I'm going to share with you today. But I do want to say, you know, if you are someone that's emotionally attached to the scale, and this is someone, this is the majority of my clients. I just had this conversation with a client yesterday, and this is a client who came to me and she was like, look, I really want to lose body fat. I really don't want to weigh myself. And I was like, cool, we do not need to do that. So we actually chose other metrics and we had been working together for about six months. And I was like, look, I'm going to present to you an option and you let me know what you think. I was like, I know that you don't want to weigh yourself, which is fine. And I support that. How would you feel about taking a progress photo just so that we can have an objective view? Because it's hard when you're living in your body to have that more objective view of what the changes have been. And she was like, okay, cool. I feel comfortable with that. So we took a photo 
And this girl never has never weighed herself the entire time we've been working together. And there has been so much change in her body composition. And all of that has been done without the pressure of needing the scale to measure her progress. This is because if you're emotionally attached to the scale and for this client of mine, I do believe that if we had used a scale this whole time, the process would not have gone as smoothly because instead of being focused on the habits and behaviors that she's doing every day, she would have been focused on gauging her progress on if the scale went up or down. And someone telling you that the scale is just a data point when you are emotionally attached to it is not helpful. And that scale attachment, as in what I suspect would have happened with my client, that scale attachment can make fat loss harder because what happens is you jump on the scale and you continually adjust your approach to fat loss, depending on what the scale says, rather than sticking to the process. And so I've identified three main reasons why we get really attached to the scale. And then I have some, I have an abundance of actionable tips to reduce our reliance on the scale as a progress metric or as a metric of self-worth. And so the th one of the main reasons why I believe that we're really attached to the scale. And also if you hear these and you, you're like, no, there's another one. Let me know. I would absolutely love to hear it. It's a lazy metric. <laughs> so number one, it's a lazy metric. And yeah, I, I stick by this because it's a very easy way to get a measurement. And that measurement, we can then make it mean what we want it to mean. It's an impartial way, has no, the, the, the scale itself has no judgment. The judgment comes from you. And the scale is an impartial way to measure your gravitational pull on the earth. And it takes literally two seconds to measure. It is a form of instant gratification, whereas actually zooming out, sorry, there's a, there's a guy that runs through my neighborhood banging on, on propane cans and just so happens to be banging on propane cans right now. So I apologize if you can hear that. But back to the scale, it's a form of instant gratification. Whereas if you kind of take a global view of your eating habits, your genetics, your hormonal cycle, your exercise habits, all of the things that could weigh into pun intended, no pun intended, I don't know, that could weigh into your body weight, that's not as black and white. Whereas the scale is very black and white and the scale doesn't lie to you. It literally measures your gravitational pull on the earth. But for example, a pair of jeans right out of the wash might feel tighter, even if your body hasn't changed just because you just pulled them out of the washing machine. And so, yeah, the scale is a fairly precise measurement, but it's a lazy measurement because it doesn't actually measure what we think it's measuring. And we put so much meaning on this number. When it comes to tracking your body changes, the truth is, yeah, the scale is going to track the difference in like how much waste you have in your body, your, you know, how much water you're holding on to, uh, how much inflammation you have, eh, how much poop you have in your body, your home hormones, hydration, so many different things that the scale measures. But most people are getting on the scale to measure, have I lost or gained body fat, which is not what the scale is actually telling you. So yeah, it's a lazy metric. Second reason why we get attached to the scale is we're told left and right that there is a right number. There's a right number to find on the scale. For example, if we look at the BMI, this metric is the sort of the, the overarching rule in doctor's offices across the world. Hopefully you have a doctor that knows better or is realizing that, hey, this is not helpful, but I cannot tell you how many women I've come across that tell me, oh, well, you know, for my height, I should weigh X, Y, Z amount. And there's 
maintenance phase is a podcast that has an incredible episode. That's also quite funny, but very informative on the BMI, which I'm going to make a note for myself to put that in the show notes. So link show notes, BMI pod. Um, and so I definitely recommend listening to that episode. It's really, really good. But basically, uh, the BMI is a statistical model that's meant to be used on a population level more for things like insurance purposes, rather than a method of indicating if you as a human individual are at the right weight for your height. And this is to give you just a slight background on it. The BMI was developed, I believe, in Amsterdam, I want to say in the Netherlands, and they used men like uh men from the Netherlands, which have nothing to do with females, um, people of color, people of different races. It's just not extremely relevant. It is a metric on a population level that can be helpful. I am an individual. I am not on the population level. And when we are told left and right that there is a correct number or a correct range, we then put a lot of meaning on that because we put so much importance on what doctors say, what media says, our families might talk about these things. And so all of these influences, you know, doctors, families, media, friends, peer, all of that, those influence develop what we believe to be a quote unquote, correct number for our bodies to weigh. And we also tell ourselves that in many cases, oh, well, I've been at that quote unquote, right number. We tell ourselves that, oh, well, when I weighed XYZ weight, I was happier or I was healthier or I was whatever. And usually, well, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, in most cases, the body weight that you were at when you were happy had nothing to do with the body weight itself. It had to do with the things that you were doing that may or may not have contributed to the body weight. But the body weight, again, because weight is an easy metric, that's what we go back to. It's like, oh, well, when I weighed less, I was happier. It's like, well, maybe you were happier. And so you were doing things that contributed to your happiness. And so your weight changed as a result of that. I can't tell you that, but it's just, just want to open you up to that idea. And also in our minds, we believe that when we hit that right number, things are just going to fall into place. Our lives are going to be easier. People are going to like us more. We're going to be happier, which brings me to. So the third reason why we put so much weight, pun intended, on the scale is because we associate happiness with size instead of circumstance. And if I had a euro for every time I heard when I weighed X, I liked my body more, I would be very rich. I would not need to be working. <laughs> and I would encourage you to consider, like I mentioned before, that it was the circumstances of your life and not your body weight itself that contributed to that happiness. So for example, was that at a time in which you had more time for self-care? Maybe you were enjoying exercise or you're enjoying cooking at home more. Did you have an amazing friend group or you were in a, an amazing relationship? Your weight was not the cause of those circumstances. It may have been one of the byproducts of the circumstance itself, which means that just reaching that weight at any cost is not gonna recreate the joy or the pride or the comfort that you felt in those moments. It is simply going to be you at a different phase in your life at that body weight. And with that, I want to move on to the actionable tips part of this episode. And I want to be clear. I'm not here to convince you to ditch the scale. That's completely up to you. That is 100% your choice. Hopefully, I'm going to open up your mind to, to the idea that relying on the scale might not be contributing to the kind of life you want to lead, 
And whether that leads to changing how you use it or giving it up altogether, that is 100% up to you. So let's hop into some of the actionable tips for reducing your reliance on the scale. You can start with trying an experiment the next couple of times you weigh yourself. Before you step on the scale, take a moment and notice how you feel and what your mood is like. Write it down. Now step on the scale and notice if and how that's changed. Did your mood go up? Did your mood go down? Did it stay the same? If your mood changes, that's an indication that your relationship with the scale might need some work and it might be an opportunity to consider how you manage that relationship moving forward. The next actionable tip is to actually just consider ditching the scale or reducing how often you use it. And there are a few ways that you can go about this, and it might feel really scary, especially if you're using the scale as your main method of motivation or tracking at the moment. And so right now, the scale might feel like a checks and balances after a big weekend of eating out or a way to motivate yourself to restrict your food or get back in the gym. And if so, there are two things I would encourage you to do. One is to really think about your intrinsic motivators for why you want to eat and exercise in a certain way. Make a list of all the reasons that you want to eat nutritious food and move your body regardless of your weight. Imagine that if you ate or exercised in any way, your body weight would not change. Now, why would you want to still do these things? And then consistently remind yourself of those reasons. Come back to them. Have them on a sheet of paper. Number two, identify a couple other metrics that you would like to measure. For example, maybe you measure the frequency with which you exercise. Maybe you measure your water intake. Maybe you measure your veggie intake. I have a whole post on Instagram that details a bunch of progress metrics that you can use. And I'm going to also link the post. Actually, I might have a PDF. I'm going to link something about that in the show notes. So you can take a look at the show notes and you'll get some sort of, of uh, progress metrics. And also, I'm going to make a note of this. Also. I will remind you, if you heard my last podcast episode, I'm opening an accountability language. I'm opening an accountability group, which is essentially a group that meets via Zoom twice a month. If you can't make it amazing, if you can make it amazing. And we also are going to have an ongoing WhatsApp group. And in that accountability group, the idea is to help you identify metrics that you want to measure towards a goal and then hold you accountable to those metrics. So if you have a question about this, it does, there is going to be a small cost associated with the accountability group, but it is going to be a lot less of an investment than coaching. And it's a great way to hold yourself accountable. An investment is a great way to hold yourself accountable to something. And so if giving up the scale is something that you want to explore and you want to learn some metrics that you can measure and be held accountable accountable to that, this may be an awesome option for you. And you can shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me Jillian at bitesize.es. And I'm happy to chat with you about that. Next actionable tip to reduce your reliance on the scale, make a list of all the things you like about yourself and activities that you enjoy doing that have nothing to do with your body weight. Now get out there and do some of those freaking activities. I mentioned this one because this was key for me in my journey to giving up the scale because I was in a community for a very long time that was very heavily focused on appearance and my self-worth was tied to my body weight for much longer than I cared to imagine. And so starting to participate in activities that didn't focus on my body, didn't focus on what I looked like, had nothing to do with what I weighed, really helped me focus less on that aspect of myself. 
And this doesn't mean that you have to stop caring about your appearance or even your weight altogether. It's totally fine to have body composition or appearance goals, but it's important to start realizing that the tie between the number on the scale and your overall happiness in your life is a connection that you've created and strengthened over time. It's not an inherent connection, which means that it takes time and it takes effort to lessen that connection. And it's going to need you to be persistent and patient. This is also where coaching can be really helpful. And I have two more actionable tips. And this one I really like. I just added this one right before I recorded. And this is identify why the scale is so important to you and then break it down into facts and feelings. Is it an actual fact that you have to know what you weigh or that a lower weight is actually quote unquote better or healthier for you? Yeah, it may be a fact that certain clothing doesn't feel as comfy if you're at a higher weight, but let's be real. Clothing should fit you, not the other way around. Is it actually a fact that you're healthier at a lower weight? Or is that just a feeling that's been perpetuated by media, doctors, peers, et cetera, et cetera? Personally, I'm healthier at a higher weight. My hormones were in the toilet bowl when I was at a lower weight. My mental health was in the toilet bowl. And being at a higher weight is actually great for my health. And I still sometimes feel like, oh, I wish I was smaller, but that's a feeling. That's not a fact. And I would also ask, like, is it a fact that you're healthier when you participate in certain health behaviors rather than being at a certain body weight? Because you might feel like, oh, I'm healthier when I'm at this body weight. But the fact is I'm actually healthier when I participate in these health behaviors. My body weight may fluctuate as a byproduct of that, but it's not, it's not a fact. And so last thing I want you to, I want to, you to remind yourself of over and over and over and over is that the people that truly care about you do not care, do not give a rat's ass if you weigh five pounds more or less. And if they do, I would question if this is a them thing, not a you thing. And no, I wouldn't question that. It is a them thing. Like if they care, if you weigh five pounds more or less, that's a them thing. And it is 1000% okay to put boundaries around what you're willing to listen to others talk about in your presence and what comments you are willing to accept. I talk about this in the episodes that I did on my own journey and my own story. Those are episodes 27 and 28 of the podcast if you want to listen. But part of my healing process from disordered eating habits and breaking up with the scale was setting really, really clear boundaries with my dad around body comments and food comments and repeating those boundaries over and over. And I know that there are people out there thinking, but you know, they, they do care and they do comment on my weight or my size. And as I said before, this is a reflection of their belief structure and their biases and their fears. And there's actually, I have an episode that's specifically about people that make sort of like diet culture or weight-based comments. It's episode 34. So check that one out as well. And we're going to wrap up a little bit here. And I want to leave you with this. It really doesn't matter if you weigh yourself or not, if you want to lose body fat. If your goal is to lose weight, it doesn't matter if you weigh yourself. People have gained weight, lost weight, everything in between without knowing what the number on the scale is. And right now on my client roster, I would say less than 50% of my clients weigh themselves regularly. And many of them, I do work with clients that don't want to change body composition or don't really care. But I also work with a lot of clients that do care about their body composition a lot. And many of them have changed their body composition significantly 
without weighing themselves consistently and some of them without ever weighing themselves. And what does matter in all of this is that you're not tying your self-worth or your happiness to a number that says nothing about who you are as a person and a number that you have little to no direct control over. You cannot step on the scale and look down and tell it to change. You can choose to change your behaviors. You can choose to change your habits. You can choose to change the way you exercise, the way you approach food. And that may lead to body composition changes. And also it may not. You can also choose where you spend your time and energy. And I can imagine that looking back 30 years from now, you're going to wish you spent less time stressing over a number and more time being in your life. And so I have a question that I want to end this on, and I'm going to cut myself off because I could go on about this. I could go on about a lot of things. You guys know I like to talk. And I want you to ask yourself these questions. If you didn't ever step on the scale again, how would you choose to eat and move your body. If you never knew that number, how would you treat yourself? Again, I want to mention, if you'd like a little bit more accountability, I am opening up that accountability group. I also have coaching spots available. I'm going to be launching group coaching again very, very soon. Any more details you want about that, make sure you're either on my email list or you reach out to me. You can get on my email list. The link is in the show notes. Uh, You can also sign up for my mindful eating mini course. There are many, many amazing things that you have access to. And I will also remind you that if you're loving this podcast, please give it a share on social media and tag me, give it a share with someone in your life that needs to hear this. And thank you so much for being here and for listening. I've really enjoyed recording this episode. So I will see you again next time.